Hello and welcome to the Bangla Cricket Podcast. Whether you're a cricket fan who wants to know more about Bangladesh, a Bangladeshi who wants to know more about cricket, or none of the above, thank you for downloading. I'm Roshan Alam and oh, what a month it's been. The IPL, a tour cancellation and an ongoing search for a head coach. Joining me to discuss all of this is senior sub-editor at CrickBuzz, Kritika Naidu. Kritika, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Are you having a lovely time at the moment at the IPL? Oh, it has been pretty manic and you know we're covering all the games so everyone's away and travelling and there's so much to do on desk. It's been a pretty eventful month. We'll, we'll we'll talk about the IPL in a moment, but let's start by the sort of big news at the moment in the Bangladesh cricket team, which is that Australia have cancelled a tour hosting Bangladesh later this year due to financial reasons. Apparently, hosting Bangladesh is no longer commercially viable. I'm really annoyed. But there are two stories coming out of that, aren't there? What's the other one? I, the one I followed is the one that they've just cancelled because it's not commercially viable. But then I think uh, a spokesperson from CA has said that it has been mutually agreed um, uh, that it makes more sense for Bangladesh to travel for a T20 tri-series uh, ahead of the 2020 World T20. But I think Nizamuddin Chaudhary has gone on to say that it wasn't really a mutual decision. Well, here's the thing. We were meant to play a test in one day series, I think, last year. That was cancelled. It was pushed back to this year. Um, I feel like the BCB have kind of gone back and forth and tried to negotiate and sort of go, look, host us in some format. We'll do just a one-day series, if not the test series. And each time Cricket Australia have just pushed back, cancelled, made an excuse. And I think um, I read that the BCB had gone back and sort of made various offers. I think, like, you know, we want to tour Australia and they, they feel on the back foot and they've gone, well, how about this? Or how about we do this? Or how about we do a 2020 series? Um I'm aware that the BCB have presented like a load of different suggestions to Cricket Australia and perhaps that is one of them. But ultimately, I don't think Bangladesh are happy that the Bangladesh press are genuinely, genuinely gutted and a little bit offended because it does go against the spirit of cricket. They've got a space in their calendar and it's been in there for a long time. So with a few months to go, deciding to cancel it on the basis of money, I think just goes against the, the spirit of the sport. Do you think that it is probably a trend that will sort of catch on with the other teams as well? I'll be honest. I think amongst the smaller nations, and I include Bangladesh in that, especially like seeing a lot of social media during the World Cup qualifiers, there seems to be a bigger and bigger gap and a slight kind of annoyance at what would be, I guess, the old big three, kind of India, England, Australia, where a lot of people worry that those cricket boards and those teams are more motivated by money than sport I think I mean like say India took the best part of 17 years to host a test against Bangladesh at home and a lot of people feel that that was because they saw that Bangladesh weren't a profitable team to have over whereas if Australia toured then a tour can go on for almost a month and a half how does India view Bangladesh as a team? Is it, you know, if there's a, a pending tour and Bangladesh were to come over, is it not as exciting? Are, you, uh, are Indian fans less likely to purchase tickets? Or is it as exciting because you get to watch India play at home? Oh, I think in India, you would have audiences turning up anyway. You know, and it's that whole neighbourly, um, you know, competition that you have. Like, even when Sri Lanka came here... You had people turning up for games. There was no issue with that. You won't have a packed stadium like, say, you would have for a T20 or, you know, an ODI maybe. 
but people will come out to watch so i don't think india has that issue but i think or i would have assumed that you know even australia people would have turned up in numbers to watch it i don't think they would have had a problem with numbers really like with audiences well then i wonder whether it's a sponsorship and tv money thing because that's where most of the revenue comes and perhaps the feeling is that a Bangladesh tour is going to sell for less or might not even be picked up by, you know, you kind of big broadcasters. I know the problem in Australia was that their football season was happening at the same time and all of their free-to-air broadcasters were uninterested because they were broadcasting football matches instead. So I wonder whether it's a kind of TV uh, and sponsorship money rather than a kind of actual stadium one. But yeah, it, do- it does feel against the kind of spirit of the sport, you know, it feels like, you know, I, I, I once interviewed um, Giles Clark when I was at university um, for my student radio station. And I asked him why, when Bangladesh tours, there's only two tests and three one-day internationals. But when Australia tours, there's, there's like five tests, seven one-day internationals, and then, you know, a load more t- T20s. And his reply was, well, it's, you know, it's money. It's more commercially viable. And so, yeah, I think Bangladesh feel a bit kind of hard done by. I mean, a great example is the World Cup. The Cricket World Cup tickets have just gone on sale. Yeah. England, India tickets are like 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds. You can buy Bangladesh tickets for 18 pounds, which is great if you're a fan looking for a bargain. Mm. But I think it kind of reflects like how commercial like people view us or the ICC view us or the cricket world views Bangladesh. I think the frustrating thing for me is that every time Bangladesh win at home, people always pipe up and say to become a big team, they need to play away from home and win away from home. But it feels like it's becoming more and more difficult to have those opportunities to do that because the big teams don't want to host us. It's a similar situation that Zimbabwe has, doesn't it? A little bit. I mean, there was a point in time where I felt like Bangladesh and Zimbabwe were just left alone to play each other back to back to back because nobody else wanted to play us. Yeah. So it's a similar situation of the lack of opportunity versus you're only going to get better if you play away from home. Yeah, I think Bangladesh and the nation are slightly disappointed and I'm not necessarily speaking on behalf of the entire nation, but certainly a lot of the press uh, and the social media and the quotes from the players coming out is genuinely, genuinely disappointed, but also a kind of feeling of being on the back foot and and not being able to do much about it, which is a shame. Um, You're right though. They have um, sort of suggested that maybe we tour them before the world 2020, but which would be great, but also we'd be going from a full series, a full tour with ODIs and test matches to just probably a very quick, effectively warm-up tournament ahead of the World 2020. Um, talking about the 2020, the IPL's on at the moment. Oh, yes. So there are a couple of Bangladeshis in the IPL this season. Uh, we've got Shakib al-Hassan and Mustafizur Rahman. Yes, that is right. So Shakib al-Hassan is playing for the Sunrisers. And when he was bought at the auction, he was expected to play the role he is and he sort of has fit that bill perfectly. He hasn't really come up with that big innings yet. But, you know, his handy chipping in the middle order, because their reliance on the top order is quite a bit. So Shakib comes in, he provides that cushion, and he's done pretty well. I mean, he picks up wickets, he's economical. So he's, the reason they bought him from KKR is, or rather, he played for KKR the last season. And the reason they bought him was to fit in that role of, you know, containing runs where in the middle, uh, or even if he's thrown the ball early on, he does really well and he just pulls things back. He's done just brilliant for the Sunrisers and he's basically ticked all those boxes that he's required to tick so far. He has been brilliant. I mean, none, you're right, none of his bowling figures or his batting like figures are up there, but 
they're all solid, you know, sort of in the 20s and 30s. He takes a couple of wickets in each match, you know. And actually, like, he's so good at strangling in those middle orders, which is so, so important in 2020. And I'm honestly, I'm so happy he's doing well because I was worried about what his PR would be off the back of um, the Nida House Trophy in Sri Lanka the other month where he, you know, kicked off and there was a smashed dressing room window. I thought a lot of South Asia might dislike him. And so I'm so pleased that he's basically been able to get back on the pitch and sort of demonstrate what he's really good at. Um, I do have a gripe, though. I'm so annoyed. You know, in the match against Kolkata Knight Riders, against KKR, when he took, like, I think he took two wickets uh, and then scored 27 runs, but he wasn't given man of the match. Uh, but I think man of the match went to, hang on, who was it? Was, I think, was, was it... Was it Stanlake? I think Stanlake got man of the match for exactly the same bowling figures, but no runs. I was so annoyed. I don't understand what happened. Oh, <laughs> that's a trick question. I don't know what to say, but no, he has, he has actually, his contribution to the Sunrisers campaign has been quite vital, actually. The combination of him and Rashid Khan has been so, so good. So fun to watch. Yeah. Really, really good. And they could win it. I really think they could win it. Do you? Yeah, 100%. I feel like their batting is a little weak. They're top of the table. Their bowlers are backing them up. Like, I think they defended low scores on actually multiple occasions in this series, haven't they? Oh, that is true, though. They have, they're just masters at defending. Yeah, they defended 118 the other day. It was like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they have they have a team that is, you know, which is a great bowling unit, like very bowling heavy. Their reliance on their bowling is great. But it also feels like if the top three fail, then they have a little problem. But sometimes if you can win by playing badly, that's the sign of a great team. That is true. The other Bangladeshi in the IPL at the minute, I think is having a slightly tougher time. I feel like Mumbai Indians, who Mustafizur Rahman plays for, have had a slight mixed season. And I think when you're playing badly in such a short tournament, you tend to tinker a lot with the team. And I feel as a result of that, Mustafiz has sort of he, well, he sort of felt the bronze and felt the axe, hasn't he? Because he hasn't played now for well, nearly two weeks. But why is he? Why is he? Why is the axe fallen on him? I don't think it's really fallen on him per se. But then also, he created that reputation for himself while he was with the Sunrisers. You know, he was their go-to bowler then. If you think about it, you know, he was the one sharing the ball with Bhubaneswar up front and things like that. Mm. And you, I mean, somebody is coming in with a season like that. So you would expect him to sort of replicate it, as unfair as it sounds. The ex- well, you think the expectation was higher on him because of his previous performances, right? Yes. And I, I suppose, and like you said, you know, when you're not getting those results, there are a lot of chop and changes that happen. And so he isn't, um, you know, a sure starter in the 11, but he was with the Sunrisers. And that sort of gives someone, you know, the luxury of maybe failing once or twice and then coming back and doing better. But he hasn't really had that with Mumbai Indians. Yeah, I, you know, I hope he gets another shout or another little run in the team because they are, I mean, I know they'll feel like it's a bad season, but they are still in that kind of playoff area. I know it's a very, actually quite a tight table, which is great for the competition, but they are still in a position where they could get through to the playoffs. So I, I, I hope he gets another little run out because it would be good for him. I was wondering, like, with Bangladesh players in the IEPL, there are always so few of them in there. What is it about Bangladesh players and why don't teams snap them up, I guess? Like, you know, usually there's one or two. We've had Shakib a constant, but, you know, if you go to the Bangladesh cricket team, I could name at least four or five players who I think would be good enough or worthy to play for an IPL team. Um, why, why, don't, why don't the franchises snap them up? 
funnily, there are, there were just six Bangladeshi players that had put their names forward for the IPL this year, of which two were picked. Shakib and Mustafizur were picked. The others were Tamim, Mahmudullah, Sabir Rahman, and Abul Raju. I'm surprised Mahmudullah wasn't picked up. But you know, actually, that, that, that's. I think that might be because our board last year made a new rule where our players could only play in two foreign leagues each year. And I know a lot of them will get into PSL teams and uh, sort of the Kinnish Lankan 2020 league teams and stuff like that. So I wonder whether they're holding themselves back for guaranteed income rather than putting themselves forward in the IPL. Oh, that's, that would, it probably makes sense for them, to be really honest. Because what are the chances of, you know, you're among so many others, what are the chances of you really playing unless you're a Shaki when you're a show starter in that level? Well, that's it. Like we had Tamim, who's like our opening batsman, has been for several years. But he, um, I think, he was signed in 2012 for Pune, and he, what, well, basically wore his training bib for two months and did, never took it off because he didn't get any games. So yeah, so I guess I understand that. Um, the last thing I wanted to speak to you about was Bangladesh's ongoing hunt for a head coach. Now, Chandika Hatharasinghe resigned back in like November, so it's six months basically. Six months since. We've had a head coach in that time, Richard Halsall. Our assistant coach has also resigned. So we basically have no head coach, no assistant head coach. And the list of people who Bangladesh have allegedly approached and have said no keeps growing. It, you know, we've got people like Andy Flower, Justin Langer, um, Richard Pybus was interviewed. Um, the England assistant coach, Paul Fabras, was uh, sort of publicly said that he was approached and he said no. Why is it taking so long and why does nobody want to coach Bangladesh and why are we struggling to find a replacement? I was going to pose the same question to you that why is there a problem or is there a genuine problem that foreign coaches are refusing to you know, take on the role? If I had to speculate for reasons why we haven't found a replacement, I'd say it was the fact it's so close to the World Cup and I think any coach coming in will immediately feel the pressure and expectation. That's a tough gig to take. I think it's the fact that most big name coaches can go and work for a franchise 2020 team and earn like a lot of money in a few weeks and then go back home. I think there's a relocation thing like Bangladesh won a big name coach, but for someone who maybe works in Australia or Europe or South Africa to uproot their entire family and move to Bangladesh, obviously it's, it's a big ask. And I think Bangladesh wants someone who isn't just going to turn up and do the series, but also going to go to domestic games and train players and nurture kind of, the younger players. So I think it's a combination of those things. I don't think it's monetary. A lot of people have gone, is it a money thing? But no, I think um, our last coach, Chandika Hatharasinghe, was like the fourth best play- paid coach in international cricket. So, you know, they are paid well. But I think it's a combination of those those three things, if I was speculating. Do you also think security is one of the other reasons that they're thinking of? I'm not sure it is, because we have had big name coaches before we've had you know like people like Dav Watmore coach us for like three or four years Chandra Singer was with us for four years and they, they, they're both you know big name coaches and I think I think Bangladesh has sort of shown you know it's it's a safe country to work and it's a safe country to tour you know we successfully had both England and Australia over for tours um so you know maybe it ponders on the on the mind I guess there's a lot of considerations if you think about taking a job in a, in a in another country so maybe the security does pop up but there are loads of south asian coaches who we've approached who've also said no and i guess the living conditions wouldn't be that different or they could travel in when they were needed so i, I don't know if security's up there particularly but it's been six months you know we've got a year to the world cup and i'm genuinely 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 
getting concerned. I feel like on social media, people are getting a bit frustrated and going, what's going on? Like, why does it take, you know, you know, in the time we've not had a coach, we've watched Australia have a massive scandal and rehire a coach, you know, we've, so nobody knows what's going on and why it's taking so long or what the BCB needs to change to assign someone, basically. So what do you think happens if they are unable to find one, say, in the next three, four months? Do they just stick around with Kirtley Walsh? I don't know. It's a weird one because, like, Walsh did a good job in during the Nidderhals Trophy, but even then we had people in the board saying we can't expect him to look after the batting particularly. Um, and if they do want to go for him, they just make him the head coach. Like, I think the, the idea of having interim people in is... A very, it just feels very temporary. It is very temporary. And I think... If he's the right man for the job, let's just make the formal announcement and go, do you know what? He's been a great bowling coach for us. He's got loads of experience and we're going to promote him to head coach and he's going to take Bangladesh to the World Cup. I think the uncertainty that we have at the minute is worse for the team than committing to him as a World Cup. But obviously the BCB don't feel he's the right man for the job because otherwise they would have given it to him already. Um, There are some local options. There's um, a few guys, people like Amin al-Islam, who have coaching experience, but... I think Bangladesh don't necessarily want to go for a local coach. Um, Khalid Mahmood did it for a bit and didn't like it. He sort of, you know, he sort of felt that there's a lot of politics going on, and so he stopped stopped being the kind of interim coach. And after one season, we just need to get someone in, um, even if we have short term contracts. I know we've um, we've got I think an agreement with Gary Kirsten, in a, uh, which I don't really understand because he's been signed as a consultant. Uh, but not head coach, which makes me think they approached him for head coach, but he didn't want to do it. And then they were like, do you fancy helping out occasionally? And he said yes, um, I imagine. But I don't know, it just rolls on. And it shouldn't take six months for a national team, like, you know, a big team like Bangladesh to find a replacement coach. And it's so close to a World Cup. Is there any coaches or assistant coaches who've sort of maybe impressed during the IPL that you think, go and have a chat with them? Um, how about someone like, say, Brad Hodge? He coaches the Kings Love in, in the IPL. He's, you know, got that cricketing brain and he's been in coaching for quite some time. He was with the Gujarat Lions as well. He could be someone, you know, who could be approached, I guess, if he's open to it. I would take Brad Hodge. He's also actually, you know, weirdly, he has played 2020 cricket in Bangladesh as well. So he's not adverse to living in the country. Bangladesh love an Australian coach as well. They, I think in their minds, like a big Australian or English coach would be what they wanted to bring in. It's it's rumbling on, it's frustrating, but I honestly, by the time the next time we speak on a podcast, I hope we've got a coach. <laughs> I hope so. Chris, okay, it's been brilliant chatting to you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. If you have any thoughts on Bangladesh cricket, feel free to send them through to podcast at bangladeshcricket.co.uk and I'll speak to you very soon.